Hello friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 322 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. Today I am answering the question, can you have multiple ideal clients? Now you already know I am likely going to dissect this question, flip this question, and make it tie back into niching down. How? You're going to have to listen to the full episode to find out. But first... Hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion. And discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, my podcast people. Maestro here, welcoming you back to yet another episode of my favorite podcast. Right off the bat, huge, enormous, gigantic shout-out gratitude thank you to think products so if you've seen their protein bars it's like it says think with the exclamation point this is who i'm talking about they have so graciously offered to supply all of the protein bars that i was looking for for my brother so if you don't follow me on instagram why but if you don't and you or you miss the story um my brother uh, my youngest brother shipped out to boot camp for the Marines on August 2nd. And he wrote, and all that he asked for, and before he left, I was just like, if you need anything, just let me know. I don't know what I can actually send there, but just let me know. My sister has gone through the Marines as well, but she never asked for anything. But we know how boys are. So, uh, you know, he wrote, and he was like, we could use protein bars. And notice I said we, because when you send something, and I love this, it's about camaraderie, uh, you have to send enough for everybody. It's not just about sending for the, you know, the one recruit. So there's 87 recruits. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went on my stories and I, I just put a call out. And I was like, if anyone has any kind of connections with a, you know, a protein bar company, like, I'm happy to pay. Uh, but I, I want to get about 300 shipped out. And so if anyone has any connections, like I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. And, and, you know, if anyone wants to support Marines, you know, would love to hear back. And so quite a few people hit me back. Um, a bunch of people actually hit me back and were just like, I have no connections, but I would love to donate. And I was like, this is just just absolutely remarkable. Uh, but my friend Colette hit me back. Uh, my friend Danielle Pacenti hit me back. Uh, and Leah hit me back. Uh, and... They all had, actually another friend, Ashley, hit me back. Uh, and everyone had, you know, all four of them had connections with protein bars. Um, actually, Leah was just a you know, regular civilian, and she had reached out to a company and, on my behalf. And I was just like, you folks are amazing. So uh, Danielle reached out uh, with her connection, um, and that is Perfect Bars. Now, the thing with Perfect Bars is they have to be, uh, I almost said recruited, they have to be refrigerated, so that didn't work out. Uh, but Perfect Bars reached out and they were willing to to help in any way, and it was just like it just didn't it didn't make sense. Uh, and I actually wrote an email to the to the person and I was like, I didn't know that Danielle was connecting me with Perfect Bars. Uh, I probably would have said, I can't do this from the jump. Uh, but 
people just willing, you know, they're just willing to help out. And I, before I could even ask more details, so they were just amazing. Uh, but Colette, uh, who I brought on the podcast, uh, she's part of the travel couple, Romaru. Uh, Courtney, if you could link that episode, it was actually a bomb episode. I did this one a long time ago, but uh, she reached out and she had connections with Think, Think Products. And they reached out and I was, they were like, you know, how many are you looking for? And I was like, honestly, I'm looking for 300, but not from one company. I'm totally about, you know, I was planning on just asking multiple companies, spreading it out. And they were just like, nah, we got this. And I was like, excuse me? So they have actually already shipped everything. It's the holiday weekend right now, so I don't anticipate anything to arrive until next week. But I have a tracking number and everything. 300 bars. Just, I am... I'm, I'm speechless. I'm blown away at the, just how kind and generous and just, that's amazing. So huge shout out to Think Products. Uh, we'll link their, their website in the, in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, if you want to go check them out, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing many of you have heard of them before or you've probably seen them on the shelves and things like that. So just freaking awesome company. Um, um, also, like I said, Perfect Bars reached out, even though it didn't work out. They were 100% on board, willing to send. Uh, so just two dope companies if you're looking for protein bars. Uh, and you have a refrigerator uh, for, for, for you know, Perfect Bars. There you go. So th- today's episode uh, comes from another question. You folks gave me some really good questions. And uh, I want to answer this. So I will actually, I'm going to go on another tangent because why not? Uh, one of the things that Ramit says in a lot of his emails is the fact that you know, people are looking for successful people, are looking for people to talk to, to interview, things like that. And actually, uh, Amanda, Amanda Berlin had said that as well. So I believe we brought her on for the podcast as well. Courtney, thank you. Uh, she, Amanda does publicity. Uh, and she's a, a publicist, uh, strategy person turned good, but she works with the good guys now. And she did this as well. She was like, reporters and, and, and local news stations like that, they're looking for stories. And Ramit says this in one way or another. And I totally agree. Like, I am looking for questions to answer. I'm looking for the kind of conversations to have. So, and relationships to build. I won't say that I'm necessarily looking for guests because I need to build a relationship first. So I don't ever ask for like, hey, who should I bring on? I need to know, make, you know, establish the relationship first but hearing from you folks I do crave it I do want to know what you're thinking I do want to know what you're wondering it's great for content it's just like this it's what I want we all crave that connection in some way shape or form especially you know we want to feel helpful so couldn't agree more with what Ramit says and I can't thank you folks enough for the questions that you do submit remember if you have any questions if you want me to do an episode about something I can't guarantee it'll happen but send it to me you can text me 310-737-2345. 310-737-2345. You can DM me at the Movement Maestro, and I'd love to hear to hear from you. Keep an eye out. Maybe I'll do another story and put up the question box. I want to hear from you. It allows me to make just better content. So what we're going to talk about today, like I said, comes from a, a question that I received from another dope Insta homie, Insta fam. She's, she's more than just an Insta homie. It's like, she's awesome. And... Her exact question was, how to handle multiple ideal clients? Is it okay to build two main offers, one for each? So I'm going to kind of spin that a little bit. And you see, I titled this episode, Can You Have Multiple Ideal Clients? 
Now, yeah, no, I, of course, you could do anything you want. It's 2021, live your life, I'm not here to put you in a box. But also, as it relates to success, you know, uh, I would say more traditional success in terms of like the financial aspect of it, growth, things like that, as it relates to business success, I believe it would behoove you to narrow that down to a single problem that you solve. Now, notice I switched that from ideal client to talking about ideal problem. Because one of the things that can happen here is perhaps you have multiple clients, but they all have the same problem. And so it's actually not multiple ideal clients. So I think it's really important to, as always, assess first and say, are these different people, kind of different demographics, but they actually have the same problem, okay? If not, if it's like, no, they got different problems, different demographics, I am going to strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that you niche down, that you pare that down to one. Get that traction with one group, and then we can look to expand into another. So this actually refers or ties into a, 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 a word, I that I heard that I first that I first heard from Jillfit, and it's about seasonality. And I'll, I should say this is a word that I first heard as it relates to business from Jillfit. And one of the things you can have and can do, and I believe this is only something that can be done by someone who is established, which Jill is. You can have a seasonality to your business where you're focused on one solving one type of problem in, in this season and then solving a different type of problem that may be a bit of a different niche in a different part of the year. This is not easy to do, and I, actually, I absolutely do not recommend this for newbies. It can be done. But it is much harder. So, you know, that's going to be on you. Do you want to, Do you want that road? Okay, cool. If so, then just commit to it. Now, the way that this is best done is you establish yourself in one niche first. And then you start solving a second problem, typically for people kind of still in that demographic. And so then as it relates to the full calendar year, what you'll end up doing is for a certain part of the year, you will be focused on this demographic and this problem. And for the second part of the year or whatever, the second, you know, however you break up your seasons, you'll be focused on solving the other problem, which may be honestly the same demographic, especially if you are already established, right? So this is a perfect example would be me. If I had decided to continue putting out movement content, I would have two problems I solve, the more like kind of business life stuff, and then also movement. I could do this. I didn't want to do this. I was like, I'm done with movement, but I could do this. And it would not make sense to try and do them both at the same time, but rather to do one and really double down on it for a few months and then switch to the next one and focus on that for a few months. Now you see this, the reason I could do this is because I established myself with that movement problem, right? The people that had that, that movement problem, they wanted to learn about movement and they wanted to you know, learn about it from me. So I had that trust there. I've used the analogy before of basketball that you cannot pivot until you've established a planting foot. So you pick that niche, you pick that problem that you're going to solve, 
You build trust, you get reps, you get success in that. And then if you're like, you know what, I want to go in this direction, many people in that audience will go with you. And oftentimes, I don't I mean I shouldn't say oftentimes, but it's possible that people in that audience will be ready to go with you in that direction, especially if they've grown with you. So for me, when I pivoted and went into business, I had been doing movement education for so long and I was educating the providers. So when I pivoted into teaching online business, a lot of those providers were in the space where they're like, I want to start an online business. So it made sense then they were they were willing to come with me because they already had so much trust built in me. So much trust, so much familiarity. And I had gotten them wins, I had gotten them success over many years that they were like, okay, now she's going into this direction, I'm willing to at least see what's happening and perhaps go with her. So if I wanted to introduce this seasonality, I could. Jill does it. Right? She has like a fitness seasonality to her business and then has the um the online business season to her business to her business. So this is something that again I do not recommend people do right out the gate. It is very difficult. It can be done. Absolutely. But if you have the ability to pick one and it's not going to eat you up, then I would recommend doing that. So tying into that, picking one. How do you pick one? Right? Let's say you have and again, the, t- the title of this episode is, Can You Have Multiple Ideal Clients? You already know how I answer things and we make it more nuanced and, and kind of dissect things. And to me, that's going to that's gonna be a better question, perhaps. And I, I use better in a loving way is, can you solve multiple problems? Okay, because when we say ideal clients, that could be, you know, just the demographic and In solving a problem, you can often include multiple demographics inherently or exclude demographics as well. So I really like to focus on the problem that we solve. So how do you pick one? Especially if you are not, you know, fortunate enough to just have interest in one thing. I personally recommend that you pick based on expertise and enjoyment. It's been my experience that this leads to the most amount of longevity, which for me is always the goal. And I made sure to put both of these in here, both expertise and enjoyment, because you can't just follow, I'll say it, just following things that make you happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you have zero expertise in that, it is going to be tough to have a business. People want results. They want people who are ahead of them to lead them. I am not going to pay someone who is also going through the same shit as me. I'm thinking about volleyball. I just played volleyball for like 119 hours yesterday, and then I went to two classes this morning. I will pay Stephen all the monies because he's so far ahead of me. This is his expertise. He has years and years and years and years of not only playing, but coaching and coaching all these different athletes. I am not going to pay someone who's at my level. I'm like, but you suck just as much as I do. This is, why would I pay you? All right. So when we're looking and we're at a starting point and we're, we're trying to, to pick a niche, if you will, we're trying to say, okay, this is the problem I want to be solving, at least to start off. How do we pick that? My recommendation, base it on your expertise and also your enjoyment. 
Now, the other option, I mean, we have lots of options, but one of the other things I've seen people do is they try to pick based on financial stability. And I'm not going to say this is wrong. Right? They'll look at it and be like, well, there's more opportunity there. There's more people that know about this thing already if I do that. There is nothing wrong with that. I just want you to make sure that you go in and you own that decision. And you say, I am doing this for this reason. I will contend that the first one, I said, the former, when you base your decision on expertise and enjoyment, that will lead to longevity, even if you end up changing directions. I did that. I started, when I started posting, I was solving mobility and pain problems, and my, my theoretical target audience was crossfitters but i was just like i'm going to just talk about my what i know my expertise i am a physical therapist i'm going to talk about movement i'm going to talk about mobility i'm going to talk about pain and i ended up obviously i'm in a very different uh i teach something very different than when i first started out but that was my expertise and also enjoyment i did that because i loved it all right jill and i had this conversation we were bike riding the other day enjoy what you do I, I cannot, you know, even though I was working such long hours and, you know, had a lot of patience, I still found ways and it was very easy to find ways to enjoy overall what I was doing. And I did keep changing. I went and got a different job. I went, you know, into the pelvic health world, but I still enjoyed what I was doing. I still enjoyed the content that I was putting out. It's very, you know, foreign to me when people are like, but I don't like this. And I'm like, then what are you doing? Do something else. Right? especially if we're looking for longevity. So when we're starting out, how do we pick the problem we want to solve? It's got to be based on expertise and enjoyment. You got to be good at what you do. I'm not going to be soft about that. If you want a successful business, you must be good at solving the problem. We've said it a million times, borrowing this from Danny Matei, businesses are built on solutions to problems. You want a successful business? Be the goddamn best at solving that problem. And it will take time, of course. But you gotta get results. I have yet to see someone that is truly just has the expertise and is a master at it that isn't successful. I see other people who are continuing to take course after course after course after course. That does not make you an expert. That makes you a collector. I need to see you implement all of that information. I need to see you synthesize. I need to see you use all of that and get results for your people. That's when you're going to become that expert. Okay. So kind of tying in to this, I think it ties in. If it doesn't, it's fine. It's a hard segue. Here we are. Uh, But the question that was originally asked was about, you know, can I, is it okay to, to build two main offers? So no. Don't build two main offers because you can't sell both things at once. Erica Bonilla said it. Dr. Erica Bonilla said it. You can't ride two horses with one ass. So we know, like we borrow from Simon Sinek, don't don't find people for your product. Find a product for your people. So if my whole shtick thus far is that you focus on one group of people, then you are going to build one product to solve the main problem that those people have. I will say that, right, that niching down is more 
reflective than it is predictive. I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but the ideas are flowing here. And it all, it all ties together. Right? But in terms of building that product, right? again, that is also reflective. That comes after the fact. Right? It's not that I'm going to be predictive. I'm going to make this thing and people are going to like it. No. I, am, I have this demographic based on the information I'm putting out there. I've attracted them. And now I listen to them. And they say, yeah, I have this problem. I'm assessing the situation and reflecting, looking backwards on it. And then I create the product. I think the same thing holds true for niching down. I don't think you, you one of the problems I see is people try to like create this, this niche based on like demographics and, and psychographics. And then they try to like get people to fill it in as opposed to once again, having a rough idea of the problem they solve putting out content, putting out information about this, that they solve this problem, and then seeing who it attracts, being reflective on that and be like, okay, it attracted this demographic. Is this who want this problem solved? Is this who I want? Or do I need to change my marketing? Because that's another thing as well. If you, again, let's make sure that we're being reflective on this and we're actually, you know, assessing things. If you are putting stuff out there and then you're like, but this other group is coming, that could be a good thing and that you want to go in that direction. So for me, that is actually what happened, where I thought perhaps it'd be CrossFitters, but again, the problem I was solving was honestly just about movement, mobility, pains, putting information out about that. The demographic, specific demographic that chose me was other providers. And I was like, I'm not surprised because it was the bait that I was putting out, right? The food I was putting out attracted a certain type of fish. And that fish was providers of some sort, right? The, the educators and such, as opposed to like the, the CrossFitter, the consumer. And that was 100% because of the language that I was using. Again, right? The bait that I was putting out. So this is why we always want to be reflecting on who we're attracting and saying, is this the problem that I want to be solving, and is this who I want to be solving it for? If not, then we need to switch what we're, we're putting out there. I will also say that if you notice that you are attracting two groups, one thing to consider is, again, make one product and allow those more uh, savvy consumers, those more savvy customers to listen around the edges and still buy that. So you're going to still target the, you know, primary, the main problem that you want to be solving. But if you're like, oh, but this other group maybe has that problem as well, focus on the one group, focus on the one problem and allow the folks who are good at listening around the edges to still purchase that thing they'll still be phenomenal clients. So for example, my Instagram intensive, it is appropriate for anyone who wants to use Instagram for business, literally anyone. I don't care what field you're in, but I market it primarily to, and I don't even do a ton with it in terms of saying this, but the main people that tend to be in it because of my background are movement, you know, health and movement wellness professionals. Can real estate agents use it? Yes, I've had or benefit from it. Yes, I've had one go through. Uh, CPAs, had one go through. Uh, Folks in the equine world, I still think that's movement and health and wellness, but sometimes people consider it a little different. Absolutely, I've had that demographic go through as well because it's the same problem. So to me, 
they are the, they are the ideal client because they have a problem that I know I can solve. I may tweak things a little bit based on, you know, I had a, someone reach out who was, um, she's, she's a singer and I, I love working with artists. And I was like, yes, this still benefits you. But what I would recommend in terms of how to use Instagram and which part of the platform to be focusing on will be a little bit different than someone who is, you know, a PT looking to get more clients. It's going to be a little bit different, but the problem is still the same. How do I use Instagram for business? And I can solve that for you again with one single prop, one single product. So what I'm saying there is I will market to that primary demographic via that primary problem, but I will allow those who are good at listening around the edges or rather action. I, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say I will allow, I should say I will take solace in the fact that, or be comforted by the fact that those who are better at listening around the edges will also know that this is for them. Whereas, you know, as opposed to like having to try and create two separate products, even though it's going to be the same product, you're just going to kind of be marketing it for a different demographic. So that's why I would not do that. It gets confusing for the audience. Just market one. Trust that those who are good at listening around the edges and really want to do the thing, either they'll reach out and ask, and you can put that on the actual product and say, if you're, you know, you can put in the FAQ section. I have that as well on mine, where one of the FAQs is like, do I have to be a physical therapist for this? And I explain like, no. It's appropriate for anyone that's looking to do this. Uh, but then I also will have those discussions in the DMs. All right? And you can do that too. So to wrap this episode up, I actually want to read a quote from my homie, Inquisitive Human, James Olivia Chuhillman. Uh, if, Courtney, if you could link those two episodes, that would be awesome. So James Olivia did this post on Saturday, I believe, and I was just like, Yes, this is it. And it's not necessarily the a direct answer to the question that I received about this episode, but I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal response to folks who are perhaps struggling with niching down and they're just really waiting to do the thing. Uh, folks who are wanting to grow a personal brand, but they're kind of like, but who am I? That's something, it's a question I've received a few times over the past, uh, you know, past week or so, past two weeks. And yeah, so I'm just going to read this to you. The, if, you, if you're not familiar with how James Olivia does post, uh, they do all quote cards and it's an actual, you know, text that's on the image and then a caption. So I'm going to read both of them. So the actual text on the image read, where do I distract myself by trying to figure out what I have not yet decided to know? One more time. Where do I distract myself by trying to figure out what I have not yet decided to know? And here is the caption. Activity and work are not the same thing. It is an activity to figure out who I am. And an ironic one, as I also create myself in the activity of searching or rumination. My work is to decide who I will be and be that. It is an activity to figure out what I want. And a hopeless one, as desires are not subject to calculations. My work is to befriend my will. It is an activity to figure out what my purpose is. And a needless one, as I reveal myself to my purpose, 
not the other way around. My work is to show up fully present with my contribution to the life, relationships, and world I am committed to co-creating. I know that's a lot. Uh, we can actually link that post in the, the show notes. Thank you, Courtney, for those of you that are more visual learners like myself. But I love that for any of you who may be distracting yourself from starting because you're like, well, what is my niche? What is my, my purpose? Uh, you know, who am I? How do I want to show up on, on, on social media? Who do I want to be here? Circling back to what we had said, I realized the original question was, can you have multiple ideal clients? The summary for that is number one, see if you actually have multiple ideal clients or is it just a single problem that you're you're solving and maybe there's a little bit of different demographics and if so, that's okay. You just solve the singular problem. If that lends itself to a more specific demographic, focus on that specific demographic and allow those from other demographics to listen around the edges and fill in appropriately and, and you know, enlist your services appropriately. For those who are like, no, I have two distinct problems that I want to be solving or that I can solve, my advice, pick one, like James Olivia said, Commit to it and then go forth with the journey. Be fully present in that journey. Being fully present will allow, inherently allow for reflection and redirection. When that redirection comes, you will have the greatest quote unquote success as it relates to the kind of traditional business sense of the word. Once you have established a planting foot. All right. Uh, Courtney, if you could please, I know I asked you, I'm going to ask you again. If you please link that, that post in the show notes. I, I think that that quote and that entire caption just nails it. And I know if you're like me, I, I need to see it and read it and kind of sit with it. Just hearing it can, can be a little too much. I, I can't really process it. So we'll link that. You can check that out. Uh, we also linked the uh, websites for Think and Perfect Bars. And just shout out to them again for being so incredible. Shout out to all of you who reached out and asked, you know, asked me that how you could help and pitch in. Shout out to everyone who connected me with someone just It was a really, really phenomenal, phenomenal week. And shout out to all of you who have reached out with questions and especially the person who reached out with this question. All right, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, maestro, 